Welcome back to Trauma to Soul. You can find us on the web at traumatosoul.com and on Instagram at Trauma to Soul. We're back with part five of Love Addiction with Mandy. We're talking about healthy connections and relationships, allowing space for each other and the right people in your life where you don't have to make excuses for when you don't want to show up and you can just be honest. So sit back, relax and enjoy. No, it, it, but it does. It's so difficult because COVID, I think, put a spanner in the works. Like, I know for myself, I stopped going to group. Uh, and, and for me, like every Wednesday night was a soul night. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to share. I didn't, I didn't share very often because I, I, like you, I was the same. I was like, well, if I tell people this, like, how are they going to see me? How are they? And I got so much acceptance. I got so much of me too. I've done that. I've been there. I've experienced that. And I think then COVID hits, everyone was in quarantine. And you're like, oh my God, I'm left alone with all my thoughts and feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many of them. But I think that's, that's a sign for you as well. That's a sign that, that you haven't processed. Because if you can't spend time on your own, if you can't enjoy your own company, you're in trouble. I mean, I have a friend, God bless that woman's soul. She is the most amazing human. And she gets it. Like she, And I, I never feel like I have to be like, I can't do this now because of a myriad of reasons. I can be like, I can't do this now. And she goes, because you need some time. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, cool, take as much time as you need. And having those connections are so important because it's the balance of self-soothing, feeling to heal, but then at the same time, having that sense of community of people that you can reach out to and say, fuck, this is how I'm feeling. Is this normal? Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? Right. And they go, no, you're just having a fucking feeling. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> so that, <clears throat> that's balance. Exactly. I have, I, I have one friend like that where we just know. We don't even have to say it. You know, we just kind of yeah. get it. And, you know, I haven't had a guy friend that way where – they, they're not pushy. They're not pushing their agenda. They're not looking for somebody to spend time with because they're lonely. And it's just like, you know, I need you to come. They're not saying, but it's like, I need you to come and spend time with me because I don't want to be alone and I need a wingman or whatever it is. And then, you know, I got this other guy who's, he's just great. Like we just kind of get it. And, you know, right now he's disappeared. I know, you know why. <laughs> I know why. I know he's still there. I, you know, I, I just check it in to make sure I sent him a text. <laughs> been four days i'm not taking it personally i am not freaking out i'm not like oh this friendship is over it's like no man this fucking guy is like going through some shit and he doesn't want to know nothing from nobody and you know a couple weeks ago i had the same thing where it was just you know it was like this avalanche of three things at once and i couldn't process it because it just all came down in in like two day period and you know i was supposed to do something for him basically i was like fuck off you know i didn't say it but (laughs) He didn't hear back from me. And when I resurfaced, I'm like, dude, sorry, man. I was like at the inner circle of thought. I couldn't come out. And, you know, <laughs> da, 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 da. and he's like, yeah, no worries. He goes, what are you doing Friday? And it's that simple. And yes. giving people space is so healthy for a relationship. And again, I love the way you describe it, that fantasy, that fantasy connection. We choke the shit out of it. because we don't want it to go away. If I am not of value to you, 
if there's too much space, you're going to realize that I don't, you don't need me. You don't want me. I have no value. And yeah. therefore, why would you ever want to connect again? So exactly. it's, it's just about keeping that connection a certain way. And there's a certain level that traditionally that I've needed, and it's not a fucking healthy level. Like it's really unhealthy for everyone involved, mm. but probably more for me because I, I, you know, like you said, you give everything up and then I'm out here on a cliff by myself walking across on a wire and then yeah. the connection's broken. They cut that wire. I'm falling to the bottom of the river. Um, exactly. But yeah. And it's not, that's, that's the thing. It's not healthy. And I, you know, before I started recovery, the gaslighting guy, it was such a turning point for me because I remember one evening he, I was begging him, begging. I mean, I hate saying that. It's horrible and it's shameful, but I was literally begging this guy to come and see me. And I remember when he walked in and we had a conversation and then he was like, okay, are you okay now? I can go. And I promise you something inside me turned that night. That was the last time I saw him, thankfully. Um, but I realized I was like, I don't have to beg for someone's attention. I don't have to beg for someone's love. I don't have to give of myself and get nothing in return and just accept it. And I think that, I mean, I'm grateful for the experience because I did, I got onto this love addicts journey and I haven't looked back. I've been like, cool. And now if I come across someone, I've had so many exes reaching out to me. Hey, how's it going? You know, and I'm just like, cut, 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 cut. No, not happening. <laughs> it's not, I'm, that's a cycle I don't want to be in. So it's, it's about, and that comes from self-worth. That comes from me yeah. saying nothing good has ever come from this relationship. So why the fuck would I entertain it? Not happening. That's growth. That's self-love. That's confidency. That's discipline, right? <laughs> It, it is because you always have one. You always have one that's a little bit tempting and you're like, mm, can mm -hmm. I open this door? And, and, and I did, I had coffee with an ex of mine like two weeks ago. And I mean, I was smitten with this man, the fantasy and the reality hit me. I was sitting with him and I thought, wow, it took me two years to get over you. And I look at you now and I think you're so stuck. You're right. stuck in your life. You can't embrace your emotions. You're, you're, emotionally unavailable you can't talk about the real stuff i mean i can't even tell you what we spoke about I mean, he's very funny but i was like what's underneath that i've never seen it and it took me so long to get over you for what <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so, the, so as deep as you've gone within yourself the people who used to be in your life couldn't go that deep and there's no attraction no there's none i mean i sat there and i thought what the hell did I see? And that comes back to the fantasy. I didn't see him. I didn't see his characteristics. I saw what I wanted him to be. And that's so dangerous. Yeah. Don't fall in love with potential. Fall in love with reality. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're in our false self and we're being shallow and just chasing it. We're not in our own reality. No. So, so we're not <laughs> looking for reality. I remember meeting this girl and dating her, man, she was so deep within herself. She just knew who she was. And I fell fucking hard. Like it was bad. <laughs> and I was trying to like control myself from gushing and letting all that out. And, 
Like I scared the shit out of her. Like you were like, yeah. like dude, you like me way too much, way too quick. <laughs> but a part of me knew that my bullshit wasn't going to work on her. Yeah. Like I had to be real and that scared me, but it fucking excited me at the same time. And I was in this bind where it was like, I can't pretend that I don't feel this way and I'm not needy and I want to spend time and I'm codependent and I'm going to choke <laughs> the fucking shit out of this relationship because I can't have any space because she's the fucking answer. Like I went through this whole thing and she just, she tried to hold on. I give her credit. She tried to hold on and she was, she was nice about it. She goes, dude, you're suffocating the shit out of me. She goes, it ain't changing anytime soon. You got a lot of work to do yourself. Oh, and, but what an amazing like, human. She, she was. I mean, I was just like, I was grateful, angry, hurt, disappointed. Like, it was just this rage <laughs> like, of emotions. And I went, into, I went into this huge, like, abyss of that I couldn't get off the couch. And it was like, it hurt so much because she was so right. And she went down to the place that I never want to go to. I never want anybody to see. Because honestly, at my core, I, you know, I, I, I didn't get a lot of love and affection. I didn't get of a course. lot of warmth. I didn't get a lot of that. So there's, there's a big empty reservoir in there that wants to be filled. And I'm just learning how to fill it myself. It's, it's, it's not the, on the same level as, you know, human touch with somebody else and that energy of being with somebody and the way you feel. But it's definitely a starting point to filling yeah. yourself up that when you do run into somebody and they cross your path, I have something, I have a foundation. I have a certain amount. It's not as much as I would like today, <laughs> but I don't, but know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be happy with the amounts, but I'm hoping <laughs> I will. But I, I will never do to her what I did to anybody else. And then you start to catch yourself as you're doing it. Sometimes I'll catch myself and I can't stop. It's like when you like, you don't, if you don't drink for six months and you go out and you're like, I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to go back to what I was. And then in a month, I'm blocking out drinking again. And you get such face. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same thing. And I'm like, on my eighth bourbon. And I'm like, I got at least three more I can put in me. I don't want this party <laughs> to end. It's the same thing when you have that feeling. You cannot, there's never enough. That's the addiction. That's, that's the, the, that excess, you know, because you feel like, and I felt it myself, like where I've gone through periods, like long periods alone, and then someone pays me attention and I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And then I'm like, whoa, Mandy, come on now. Like, you know, it's, because it, it is, it's a way of thinking. It's, it's habitual, you know, oh, this person likes me. So, and then the fantasy kicks in and, and the minute you're aware of it, like you say, you pick up on those cues and you're like, oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> right. And, and, and then you start to, to navigate hopefully in a healthier way which is not always easy, especially when you're feeling anger, especially when you're feeling hurt. Like, you know, we, we are irrational when we're in those uncomfortable emotions. We are. There's something just takes over where all reason and thought goes out the window. And, <laughs> Fly out the window. But, you know, I think, you know, when you come from abuse, you're always thinking. So when something yeah. comes up, I don't care what, you're, what the addiction is, when something comes up that stops that crazy thought process that, that keeps you miserable and stuck and in a loop, when that comes along and takes it away, I, I'm running towards it. Like, yeah. you know, I am just, I am hunting it down. I can't get enough. 
and it's, it's weaning off and it's balanced, but it's really hard not to give into those temptations. It's really difficult not to numb out when my nervous system has been on overdrive since I'm three. Yeah. And the only thing that's ever calmed it down has been, you know, love, drugs, and sex, you know? So like exactly. using something else as myself to calm myself down is fucking difficult when all I need to do is swallow a pill, go meet somebody, you know, it's, it's offloading the work you're supposed to be doing yourself onto pills, drugs, relationships, sex, whatever it is, work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're supposed to be doing that work. And until we start swinging it around and I don't know how to, you know, I've gotten a lot better. Like my desire to be fucked up all the time is it's, it's never there. Like, I don't yeah. ever want to be unconscious the way I lived my life. And the fact that that desire has gone away to the point that it has is, is absolutely remarkable to me. You know, I started drinking when I was 10 years old and I didn't stop for decades. So if I could do that with those drugs, with love, I could you do can it do as exactly well. The same. just that other voice inside of me goes, it's oh, so good. <laughs> Why would you want to put the brakes on this? Just ride this wave. This is amazing because there's no longevity to it. Yeah. It's going no, it's to burn out at some point unless you start getting real. We have to have these conversations at some point. Let's start having them now instead of waiting till it gets to the point where we're completely in our own corner with a, you know, waiting to duke it out and there's no reasoning. Yeah, and I find a lot of people... Open communication, I, I mean, I, I don't think I've struggled a lot with it. I mean, I'm, I have been very selective in what I say because um, I do have a tendency to, to suss people out and be like, okay, can this person handle this or, right. or should I wear kid gloves or, yeah. you know, so, but I, I've always valued communication. And I think if you're not having those conversations, you know, and I say it to everybody. Every, I mean, I had a friend who broke up with her boyfriend and if she couldn't tell him anything. I was like, what do you talk about? <laughs> what do you actually discuss? Because like, you can't tell him you're doing this. You can't tell him you're going here. You can't, like, how is that happiness? Like, you're, you're obviously clearly miserable. Right. And, and she's like, you know, well, I can't, I, we can't have the kids conversation because, like, you know, that'll scare him. And I'm like, if, if you're with someone who's conscious, and someone who's serious about being in a relationship and you say to them, how do you feel about having kids? And they go, fuck no, or fuck yes. You know where you stand. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, you know that those big things that will become big things when you start to overlook them, you know, if somebody wants to have children, if somebody wants to get married, if somebody wants to, you know, open themselves up to, to a long lasting relationship, you can ask those questions. You know, it doesn't make you needy. It doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you desperate. It, is this person on the same page as me? Can you see yourself being in a long-term relationship? Can you see yourself having kids with me? Get it out in the open. There's nothing to hide. And if there is, there's your answer. Right. I just got anxiety when you said all that. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. It's like the denial of the addiction, right? So, <laughs> exactly. You know, I remember saying, you know, back in the day, somebody was like, do you have, think you have a drinking problem? I said, no, I've only been out for 32 days. That guy's been out for 52. I'm like, I have nowhere near a problem. 
Like exactly, you know, so you're not really not being able to have conversations with people is again, the addiction, right? So you don't want it to end. You don't want rough waters. You don't want to break that, that bond, that fantasy, that connection, because people like us don't know how to recover from that. We don't know how to heal that. We don't know how to talk it through. There just becomes a point of, if it's not a hundred percent you loving me, then it's over. Yeah. But there is middle ground. There's always middle ground. Exactly. I, I do find it hard having those conversations, but I, it's something <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on. And it's funny, like, even with, you know, my kids, there's hard conversations that have to be had. And, yeah. you know, I want to teach them, like you were saying before, where they can come to me with hard conversations and yes. being vulnerable, it's not like I practice with my kids for relationships. I'm just kind of practicing like, <laughs> with life. But I have these really good conversations with my kids where I am vulnerable. And I tell them I screwed up. And, you know, I didn't provide enough in this area. And I can see how this, no. you know, and there is a human aspect to it instead of, you know, uh, you know authority figure versus the kid. Exactly. And when you can find that common ground and you can humble yourself and you can be vulnerable yourself and be okay with the outcome. So we're trying to control an outcome, right? I don't want this connection. So how I'm going to obsess for three weeks about how I can have this conversation, the words I'm going to have to say, that's not going to ruffle your feathers in any way, shape or form and get you on the defensive or break this connection. But at the same time, I need you to see what I'm struggling with and is it okay to ask for help if I'm struggling? Like, that's another thing. You know, whoever I'm in a relationship with can't know that I'm struggling or can't help me. I have to do it all on my own. Exactly. Because as yeah. soon as you are in a helping role, all my value goes away and all my power goes away. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, that wraps up part five. We'll be back next time with part six. If you're enjoying this, please share it with somebody and leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Till next time, have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye.